Okay, so we learned yesterday, we're here on Memdalad Amad Beis, towards the bottom. And the Gemara brings an argument here between Rabbe and Avshimi Barchia regarding a case where a person had his original Tchum Shabbos when Shabbos began. But then he was allowed to go out of his Tchum either because he was going to be a witness for Kiddush HaChedish, and you're allowed to go out for that, or to save someone's life. So then, in the middle of the way, he <coughs> was told that he doesn't have to go any further, he's not needed anymore. So now he has a new Tchum Shabbos where he, where he stopped. So the question is, if his new Tchum Shabbos overlaps his old Tchum, do I say that because it overlaps, he's allowed to enter back into his original Tchum? Or I say, no, even if it overlaps, he can't go back in. He has this new Tchum that was established for him where he is now. And that's the Tchum of 2000 Amas that he can go and not more. That was the Machloikas of Rabbe and Avshimi Barchiyah. Avshimi Barchiyah says it overlaps, he could enter in, and Rabbe said he can't. So the Gemara is going to bring a few questions of this. Amalei Abayi Ale Rabbe, about five lines from the bottom. Will you not agree that when you have two Tchumen that overlap each other, that that's something that is, could be accepted, that now he can go into his old Tchum? And he brings the following example. What would happen if a person is, takes up his dwelling for Shabbos? We're in a, in a uh, cave. Okay, now we're talking over here about a cave. If you want to take a look in the Rashi, you have the picture here in the Rashi. <coughs> But you probably have a picture in the back as well. We're talking about a cave that has two openings on both sides. And this cave, on the, ba- the inside of the cave, what's the size of the cave? Do they have a picture here? Hmm? Just a second. Yes, picture Reish Mem Zayin. Okay, so on picture Reish Mem Zayin, you see you have a cave here. The actual opening of the cave itself, oh, sorry, the, the size of the floor of the cave is 4,000 Amas, which is two Tchumen. It's the length of two, two, twice Tchum Shabbos. But if you see the opening, so now because he has an opening on both sides of the cave, the halacha is that you're dwelling inside the cave. So now you can travel from either from either opening of the cave, you can travel 2,000 Amas. If you come out from the Mizrach side, so you have 2,000 Amas to go there. If you, travel on the, if you come out on the Maidav side, you can ta- travel 2,000 Amas on that side. So you really have 2,000 Amas on both sides. And then you also have the, the, the roof above the cave. That area above the cave is, is also less than 2,000 Amas on each side. It's less than 2,000 Amas. If you, if you see over here, the way the opening is made, so the opening slants inward. So the roof is less space than the actual 4,000 Amas that there is on the bottom. So you have two Tchumen that overlap each other. A bit, just a bit. Just a, they overlap each other. That's the case we're talking about over here. So let's see. So a person is in this cave for Shabbos. Inside the cave, there's 4,000 Amas. Valgago pochis marabas alofim, and in and uh, on the roof on top of this cave, because the opening on both sides is slanted, so there's less than four thousand amos. So loy nimta mahalachas kula. Would you not agree that now it comes out that he could walk the entire length of this cave itself? and you could also walk on both sides of the cave two thousand amos. And also, so really he has two tchumen, this person, because there's two entrances of the cave, so he can go on both sides. 
He can come out from one cave of one side and he has 2,000 Amis over here and 2,000 Amis here and he can come out from the other door because there's two entrances so he can come out from either way and he's allowed to go to either way. Now the question is, if you're going from one, so does that mean that you can enter into the other Tchum or not? So over here, because it overlaps each other, these two Tchumen overlap each other, so you can go from one end to the other end. So this person is going to be allowed to walk about almost close to 8,000 Amas, because these two Tchumen that he now has, because of these two entrances, overlap each other. What? So even if he comes out from one entrance, but because the two Tchumen overlap each other, right in the middle, it overlaps a little bit, so he's allowed to go from one to the other, all the way from one end to the other end. But how do you come up to 8,000? Because you have, you have 2,000 here and 2,000. Correct. 2,000 on one side, 2,000 on the other side, and then the roof on the top is close to 4,000 Amis. Right, but so two, I he two, was and four. To go only 2,000 only. Again? I thought he was allowed only 2,000 to go. He can go either 2,000 to one side or 2,000 to the other side. Right. But so well, either, either exit he takes out of the cave, we give him the 2,000 Amis to go this way or 2,000 Amis to go the other way. So it comes out that it, uh, the, the 2,000 Amis that are in the middle, on the roof, above of this cave, are going to be overlapping each other. So when you have two Tchumen that overlap each other, he's allowed to go the full length from one end to the other. If, you have, if they're not overlapping each other, so then your Tchum ends over here, and then the Tchum that comes from the other exit is a different Tchum. He came out from this, from this uh, exit. It doesn't overlap, but if it does overlap, it can go from one end to the other. Really, every person can go 4,000 Amis. Correct, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the point of it, yeah. Here you can go double. Correct. So Abai is asking Rabbi, would you not agree in such a kind of a case where the Tchumen overlap each other that you can, that you can, Lo'i nimtzam alach has kula v'chutzala al-payimama? Amalei, so Rabbi answers, V'lo'i shoniloch, is it not a difference to you? Ben heiche de shovas ba'aver mechitzes meboid yoyim. In a case where the person is within the mechitzis of this area that has 4,000 Amis in it, and there's these two exits out of this cave, or to a case where the person is not in a place where he has two tchumen overlapping each other. What's the case that we're talking about in our Mishnah? When Shabbos began, he was in one tchum. He was in the city in one tchum. Now in the middle of Shabbos, he had to leave that Tchum and go into a new Tchum. And it was a new Tchum established for him. So even though these two Tchumen overlap each other, but he wasn't in one place on Shabbos in a situation where as Shabbos entered, these two Tchumen were overlapping each other. That happened later on Shabbos itself, so therefore it's not the same thing. Okay, so therefore he says it's not a comparison. You can't compare the case of our Mishnah with two Tchumen that overlap each other to this case. I'll bring you another case. In a case where a person did not, when Shabbos came in, he was not in a place where he had another Tchum that overlapped his original Tchum. Will I not say that if you have overlapping another Tchum into the original Tchum that he cannot enter? But now we learned in the Mishnah, this is later here in this Pedic. If a person leaves the Tchum, on Shabbos, but he only left at home two Amis. So then he can come back in. What's the Pshat? Why is he allowed to come back in? Gimbal Yekanis. If he left three, then he can't come back in. What's the Pshat? When a person leaves at home Shabbos, how much are you allowed to walk when you leave the home Shabbos? Four Amis. What's four Amis? 
two amas to each side. It's like you're in the middle of the four amas, and you can only walk two amas to each side. So says Rabbi Yaz, if you walked out of the Tchum, but you only walked out two amas, so you can walk two amas. Those two amas you can walk, you can walk back into your Tchum. Because the space you have to walk will overlap, will, will give you the ability to enter back into your original Tchum. So what do we see over here? That Rabbi Yaz says that as long as it overlaps and it takes you back into your original Tchum, you're not going to say you have a new space now that Chachamim gave you because you left your Tchum, so you only have these four Amas and you can't go back in. No, if it overlaps, if you're close enough, you can go back in. So my love, Rabbi Yezelotaymei When a person has four Amas, he's in the center of those four Amas. And therefore the four Amas that Rabbanan gave this person in this situation that he only walked out two Amas, So therefore those two Amas are overlapping to the Tchum that he came from, and Rabbi Yezah says, he can go back in. So just like we apply that to this case, why shouldn't we apply it also when a person has a new Tchum, and his new Tchum overlaps his original Tchum, that he can go back in. Alma I've lost Tchum and Milsihi. So I see that the overlapping of a new Tchum, or in this case, it's the two Amas that overlaps his original Tchum, that that's significant, and he can go back in. You're asking a question from the opinion of Rabbi Yezer? Why, why are you asking from him? We don't pass him like Rabbi Yezer. Um, you're asking a question to Rabbi? Yes, I am asking from Rabbi Yezer. Because I heard from Rabbi, that Rabbanan only disagreed with Rabbi Yezer. When a person left his tchum for Dvar Rishosistam, he walked out from his tchum, so then he can't go back in if he's within two Amis of his original tchum. But if a person left his tchum for Dvar Mitzvah and he's within two Amis, you are allowed to go back in. So over here, what were we talking about in our Mishnah? We were talking about a person that left his tchum to go say Eidus for Kiddush HaChedesh or for Pekoch Nefashis for a purpose of a mitzvah in such a case. That the Rabbana would be made that if it overlaps, then you can go back in. So therefore, this remains a question on Rabbi's opinion: Why should you not be allowed to go back into the Tchum if your new Tchum overlaps your original Tchum, and you went out for a Dvar Mitzvah? Okay, the Gemara. Yeah, usually the Gemara says such a thing. Kashi doesn't say, but yeah, the Gemara doesn't give an answer. So the Gemara writes: It said in the Mishnah, "V'chol ayetzin lahatzil." Those that go out of the Tchum to save somebody, could go back to their place. Even if the person went out totally from his Tchum and uh, his, his new Tchum is not anymore overlapping his original Tchum, even in such a case, when he totally, completely went very far from his original Tchum, even then he's allowed to go back. Didn't he say in the Reisha, that if you go out, so you get, you're not going to be limited for four Amis, you get a new Tchum, you're allowed to walk uh, 2,000 Amis to each side, but if it's not overlapping your original Tchum, you can't go back in. So why are we saying over here, Even if you go very far, you can go back to your place. Rav Yudamarav says no. The Chayzer Lemekayman is actually saying a completely different din. Not talking about the Tchum here. The Chiddush is that they went out to war with their weapons. So even though they're finished with the, with the battle, nevertheless, you, so you would think that in Shabbos they're not allowed to carry. They have to drop their weapons right there. And if they want to go back into the city, they have to leave their weapons right there. The Chiddush of Chayzer Lemekayman means they can go back with the weaponry that they brought with themselves.
That's the pshat there. Huh? Yeah, yeah. We're not. Yeah, exactly. Zokta Gemara. Huh? But they can come back also, right? Zokta Gemara. Now the Gemara goes back to the question. What was our question when we were asking that they can go out uh, even if he left so far, totally away from the Trum, that he can come back? What's the question? Our question was because in the Reish it said that you could only go back if your new Trum overlaps your old Trum. So the Gemara says maybe the Reish was talking about a case that a person went for Kiddush HaChadish or for another purpose. But for a mitzvah, but of maybe pekuach nefashis were more mekel. Maybe for pekuach nefashis, a person is allowed to go back even if his new tchum does not overlap his old tchum. So what's our question? Eli kashi. So the Gemara says you're right. Based on our Mishnah, we would not have a question. Eli kashi hakashi. This was the basis of the question. The Tanam, because we learned in another Mishnah in Rosh Hashanah, Berishayna, in the beginning when the Edes Achaydish would come and they left their tchum lehayim zazim yisham kolayim kuloi. Because they left the tchum, so they would have to remain in four Amis and they wouldn't be allowed to move. Hiskin Rabbi Gamliel Azakin sheyeshlam alpayim amal ocharuach. Rabbi Gamliel Azakin was masakin to give them the freedom to move around and they can walk around two thousand Amis for the tchum Shabbos. And this doesn't only apply to people that came to say that a, um, a woman that comes to help someone give birth. Uh, a midwife could also um, go out of her, has the space of 2,000 amas. And then it also says there in the Mishnah, someone that comes to save from an army, from a river that's overflowing, or from a wall that fell, or from a fire. All these people that are coming for Pekuach Nefashis, they're like the people of the city. And they have the 2,000 amas for every side to go. So, on this, over here, it said in the mission that they have the 2,000 Amis, and that's all. They only have the 2,000 Amis. On this, the question was asked, they only have 2,000 Amis. Like a person that came for Kiddush HaChadosh, or a midwife that came to give birth. But you said, that even if they left very far, completely out of their original Tchum, they can go back, to, go back to their original city, to their original Tchum. That was the Stira. So we have a contradiction, not from the ratio of our Mishnah, but from a Mishnah in Masech Rosh Hashanah. A Filatuva, even if they're very far, they can go back. So on this, the answer is, they cannot go back. But what it means is, that they can bring back their weapons, with them, wherever they're going back to, they can bring their weaponry with them. They don't have to leave their weapons right over there where they finish the battle. They're allowed to carry it back. And the Gemara soon is going to explain why. Oh, right here. It says in the Braisa, In the beginning, when they would finish a battle, and they would go back, so they didn't want to carry on Shabbos, but they don't have to. So they would put their weapons in a house near the wall of the city, so they shouldn't have to carry more. One time, the, the, the enemies saw with the Yidden war, and they began chasing the Yidden again. And the Yidden ran into this house to take their weapons to fight back. They didn't have their weapons with them. And the Goyim that were chasing them, the enemies that were chasing them, followed them into this house. And so the Yidin, they were inside this house and they were trying to get their weapons and they were being chased. So they ended up killing each other and they, they, they died even more than what they died, what the Goyim killed from them. So this, they, they put themselves into danger by leaving their weaponry in this house. 
So Ba'isa Shah Eschinu, at that time, they were Masakin. They instituted that when they go back to their place, they should go back together with their weapons. They should always be protected. Even after the battle, they have to have their weapons with them. So, according to this, it's only Alpayim still. Yeah, you, you get the space of Alpayim Correct. But you can't go back to the original Tchum. Correct. So they can go back, but they won't be able to go back to the city. But wherever they're going back to, they can take their Klezion together with them. They always have to have their Klezion together with them in order that such a situation should not happen, that they should be attacked again. Rav Nachman by Yitzchok says, It's not a question. He says a different shot. There is a case where you have Goyim that, uh, huh? sorry, Yidin that is, that defeated the Goyim. So in such a case, when the Yidin defeated the Goyim, so then they're not allowed to carry their uh, Klezion with them because they already defeated the Goyim and they're not afraid that they're going to be attacked again. In a case where the Goyim uh, defeated the Yidin, so over here the Yidin are retreating. They're retreating from the battle, so over here it's possible that the Goyim will attack them again. So over here they're, they're allowed to carry their weaponry and they're allowed to go back into their city. Even more. Yeah. So it depends what the situation was. The Goyim that placed siege on the cities of Yidin. You're not allowed to go out with them to, uh, to, with, your, with your weapons on Shabbos. You can't be Machal Shabbos for this. Tanya Nami Hochi, we learned so too in Abraisa this exact thing. Nachrim Shitsaru Vachulu, exact statement of what Rav said. But it clarifies. That's only if they place siege on the city for any to, to settle some kind of a monetary dispute. Or they want to steal. But if they're coming because they're here to kill and the, the Eden's lives are in danger, Eden are allowed to go out on Shabbos with their weapons and be Machal Shabbos to fight them off. But if it's a city that's near the border, even if they did not come to fight and to kill. They're just coming because they want to steal just straw and stubble. You can go out with your weapons and fight them on Shabbos because it's a danger by the border city. If you allow them to enter into the border city, so if you hear Rashi says, once they enter into the border city, so it's they'll be able to enter in and then they'll, be, they'll want to go and conquer the rest of the city. In Bavel, it's like a city that's on the border. Viterguma, um, they explained what he was referring to is Neherdah. The city of Neherdah, even though it wasn't a border city, but Rashi says it was a city that was with Yidin, and um, it was uh, the, the whole Yiddish neighborhood ended with Neherdah. On the other, on one side of Neherdah was Goyim that lived there, and on the other side of Neherdah was the whole entire Yiddish settlement of Babel. So Neherdah was considered to be within Babel itself, the end of the Yiddish settlement, and therefore it's considered to be a, a, a city on the border. This is the famous Gemara that the Rebbe mentioned countless of times. And the Rebbe would quote it in the name of, in, in, from Shulchan Aruch, in Simen Shin Chof Tes, to Eretz Yisrael, that um, discussing, negotiating, even anything about giving up any territory on the border, where you open up the border for any Goyim around Eretz Yisrael to come in. And then from there, they have the ability to conquer further in Eretz Yisrael. You see right over here in the Gemara that this is Bekuach Nefashas, that Yudei Cheshavis. 
This was the source that the Rebbe quoted countless times. The Rebbe screamed, that you see here clearly in the Gemara, you can't let your enemy enter into especially a border city. Gansanat, Fedishnat, correct. Correct. It was just about Mamish Bapkuch Nefashis. The Rebbe himself said, that has nothing to do with whether it is Eretz Yisrael. It's not Eretz Yisrael. You see, right over here in the Gemara, talks about a case of bubble where you had the Yiddish settlement. And then there was the border city of the Yiddish settlement. That's the border city where you can't allow Goyim to enter there. It's the same thing also when you get to Eretz Yisrael today. Shabbos. Huh? Is Shabbos? No, no, yeah, eight of them. It's right over here. It's not a Masech from the city Biri, it says in the Pasuk, The Plishtim are fighting with Yidin in Keilah, and they're taking things from their, from their uh, piles of grain. Tana, so we learned, This was a city on the border. They weren't really coming to fight to kill Yidin, they wanted to, to, to steal from the Yidin. So they were taken from their, from their hay, from their wheat. And what does it say in the Pasuk? Should I go and fight with these Pelishtim? Yes, you should fight them. And you should save Keilah from the Pelishtim. So the Gemara explains, What was David the Melech asking when he asked whether he should go out and fight the Pelishtim? If you're going to say his question was, that it was talking about Shabbos. And his question was whether he's allowed or not allowed to go and fight with them on Shabbos. The Bezden of Shmuel is there. And therefore, you're not, allowed, you're not supposed to be asking from the Urim Vitumim questions of Halacha. Uh, Rashi says, Isa veheti. you don't ask from Urim Vitumim. You could ask from the Urim Vitumim what to do about the future, whether you'll be successful or not. But a shyness of halacha, you have to ask to, to, to the Bezdin. Right? This is l'chayre based on the idea of Teiru Leiva Shamaimi. Ela, what was he asking? Imatzlach, Iloi Matzlach. He was asking, will I succeed if I fight with them or not? So the response was, and you will save Kilo. So over here you see that he was asking about saving Kilo, not, not uh, whether he's going to be successful in saving Kilo or not. Shmami no, from this Lashon, you see that's what he was asking. So what's the, what is the Gemara bringing from here? From here you see a raya that when the Goyim come in a border city like Kilo, which was a border city, so you're allowed to go and fight with them even on Shabbos. So Tesis over here asks the question, how do we know that this wasn't Shabbos? Maybe this was during the week. And uh, the, the Gemara itself says that the whole question that he had was only whether he's going to be successful in fighting them or not. So you can't bring a raya from the response of the Urim Vitumim that he's allowed to do this on Shabbos. So Taisva says, no, that because you see that David Amalek was my son, he went and put his life in danger to go and fight them, even for Iskay, Tevin, Vakash. Why did he be go and fight them? If these Plishtim were just stop stealing money, why did he go and fight with them? LMI, the reason why Dovid Melech went to fight them was because he knew that if he's going to allow them to enter into a border city, just even to take Tevin Vakash, they, they could enter into the rest of the city. So here you see the importance of not allowing Goyim to enter into a border city. If a person is in the middle of the way, he's traveling for, on Friday and mm. he's. Uh, and um, he sees that he's, so he, he stopped over there in the middle of the way. It was before Shabbos. He was tired and he stopped there. And then he notices that, oh, he's not far from the city. 
But he didn't intend, he didn't intend to um, establish his Tchum Shabbos over there. He didn't even know that it's within the city. He had no idea. Right? He, so he's going to be there for Shabbos, but he didn't know that he's near a city. He didn't have Kavana to establish his, his Shvisa over here to be able to enter into the city. So then he only saw it later. He's not allowed to enter into the city on Shabbos. To be like all the people of the city. Right? So basically this person is going to have a Tchum to go 2,000 Amas. But let's say his Tchum measures 2,000 Amas into the center of this city. That's where his Tchum ends. He's not allowed to go further, any further in the city. Usually, if you're within the Tchum of a city, you become part of the city, so then you're allowed to go in the entire city. But because Bishas, he established his Tchum out in the middle of the way, he didn't notice that he's near a city, Bichlal. So then, the Tchum that he gets is his 2,000 Amas. He's not part of the city. He wasn't aware of that. Even if he became aware on Shabbos, he can't become part of the city. Rabbi Yehuda says, he is allowed to enter because he established his Tchum. He was, he was Shavis within the, the city, close enough to the city, even though he wasn't aware of this, he could enter into the city and be like the rest of the people of the city. Um, Rabbi Yudha, Rabbi Yudha said, Ma'isahoy, there was a story with Anichna in such a case, where Rabbi Raptarfin stopped outside of the city, and then he noticed that he's close to the city, and on Shabbos he came into the city, even though he didn't have Kavana, even though he was unaware that he's this close to the city. He became like part of the... Yeah, he became part of the city, that he could walk in the entire city. Even out of the 2,000 Amas that he has from the place that he was. The Gemara brings the full story. Tafen was going on the way on Friday, the Choshkole. And it became dark. And he was there, he slept overnight outside of the city. The in the morning, so Goyim, that were shepherds, found him. They told him, Rabbi Arayir Lefonecha. The city is right there in front of you. Why don't you enter into the city? He connes, go into the city. Nichnas, he entered into the city. And he sat in the Besamedrish. And he taught Torah the entire day. <coughs> so you see over here that Abtarfin entered into the city, even though he wasn't aware when Shabbos, when he was establishing his dwelling there, that he's close to our city. This was the raya that uh, Rabbi Yehuda brought from Abtarfin. Amrulai, so the Rabbanan or Rabmeir answered him and said, Risham raya. From there there's a raya. Shema haisa. Maybe he was aware that there's a city there. He got stuck there. But maybe he was aware that he's close to the city. So he did have kavana to be part of the people of the city. Oi, maybe there's another option. How do you know that the Beis that it said that he entered into was out of his tchum of where he was? Maybe that Beis was in that part of the city that was within his 2,000 Amis where he was. And he did not leave his original 2,000 Amas. So you have no raya from that case where Abtarfan entered into the city, into the Bismedrash. It's not Mashman like that. It's Mashman. The Rayim came and told Yeah, so the first answer that the Gemara said, that Mshem Ahoyi it's Mashman that he was unaware. But the second, okay, good, so maybe that's whatever. But the second answer, Bismedrash Muvla, but how do we know that the Bismedrash was out of the Tchum? So you can't bring a raya from here. Either way, the Gemara says that it's, it's not clear from this story that Rabtafen definitely went out of his original Tchum. Zakta Mishnah, that is, Mish Yosham Baderech. How about a person that when Shabbos comes in and you have to establish your, your dwelling, so he was sleeping. Yosham Baderech, He didn't know that it became dark. So now the question is, could you establish your Shvisa for Shabbos while you're asleep? Yes, you have 2,000 Amas to every direction. You could establish your, sleep, your, your Shvisa while you're sleeping. 
Divrei Rabbi Yechonon ben Nuri. The whole entire concept of establishing a dwelling when Shabbos comes in is if you're aware, if you have Das. But otherwise, if the person is asleep because he didn't establish it with Das, he only has four Amas, there's no Indian of... Um, huh? Yeah, that's, that's what Chachamim hold. You have to have, we don't paskin like the Chachamim, but uh, you have to have Kavana to be kind of Shvisa, to establish a dwelling wherever it is. For Shabbos, you have to have Kavana, you have to be awake, conscious to establish that. Otherwise, This is what we quoted in the beginning of this Amud. Rabbi Yezah says, when you have four Amis, only four Amis, that doesn't mean that you have four Amis you can walk to each direction. What it means is you could only walk two Amis to each direction. You're in the center and two Amis to each direction. Right. Yeah. Uh, the Kenyan of the Aldam is a different story. I believe so, but it's a different, totally different story. Rabbi Yudah says, Rabbi Yudah says, no. That you have four Amis, each direction. You can walk each direction four Amis. But Rabbi Yehuda agrees, You can choose to walk four Amis to Mizrach, or you can choose to walk four Amis to Maira, but once you choose one direction, then you can't go four Amis in the other direction. If you have two individuals that are together, and they're near each other, and they overlap, the, the four Amis of one individual is together with the four Amis of the other individual. They can bring food and share food in the middle where their Daladamis overlaps. However, they have to be careful that one person should not take out from his Daladamis and bring it into his friend's Daladamis. Only in that place where it overlaps. There are three individuals. So three individuals that are camping outside and uh, the, uh, they overlap each other. The middle one overlaps on the four Amis of the two people that are on both of the sides. The, people, the person on the right of the middle person, the person on the left, could share with him. And they could share with him. The two people on the outside cannot share with each other because their four Amis that they have do not overlap each other. So they can't share with one another. Omar Rab Shimon, Rab Shimon gives an example for this. Lama Dava Daimi, what could this could be, uh, be compared to? Lashalesh Chatseres Apsuchais, Zulazu. You have three courtyards, three separate courtyards that have an opening from one to another. Upsuchais Rishusarabim, and each one has a separate opening into the Rishusarabim. Irvu Shtayim Imam Tsayis, in a case where the two side Chatseres made an Erev with the middle one. They made an Erev Chatseres, that is, with the middle one. Right. So the middle one is now allowed to carry, the, pe- the, the person that's living in the middle Chatzar could now carry with the two people on the side that made an Aruvi Chatzeris with him. The two Chatzeris on both sides are allowed to carry together with him. But the two, on the, uh, the two outer courtyards cannot carry together with the person that, uh, with, together with each other because they did not make an Erev Chatzeris with each other. They only made an native chatzeris with the middle individual. So the Gemara will explain exactly what this case is talking about. We're not talking about a case where the two people on the side made an native chatzeris and placed the food for the native chatzeris right over there in the middle. Because if yes, so then the dwelling, the place of the native chatzeris is all together in one place. So then all three become one dwelling in one place. So then they should be able to carry from one to another. The, the, the two on the side made an Erev Chatzeres together with the one in the middle in a way that the food from the two on the side are not mixed with each other in the same place. 
They put the food for the aid of Chatzeris either in the houses on the side or in another house in the middle, but not together. So they didn't mix the eight of Chatzeris together. So the one on the right could, could carry with the one in the middle, and the one on the left could carry with the one in the middle, but the two on the two, two right and the left cannot carry with each other. They don't have an eight of Chatzeris to carry with each other. Okay, the Gemara begins with the beginning of the Mishnah, a case where a person is asleep. So there's the Machlaikis between Rabbi Yechelen, Ben Nuri, and the Chachamim, if the, the Shvisa that you established there takes effect. Bayerov asked the question, Maikas of Rabbi Yechen and Benuri, what's the basis of Rabbi Yechen and Benuri's opinion? Mizbakasovar, do I say that he holds Heftse Hefker Kainen Shvisa? We had this before. Even an item which is ownerless, and obviously there's no one's das that's establishing its dwelling, it's just there on its own. That does Rabbi Yechen hold, even in such a case, such an item, wherever it is when Shabbos enters, that's where its dwelling is, and therefore, if someone comes on Shabbos and wants to take it and move it from that place, or on Yom Tif, you can carry, you want to move it from that place, that item is Kainashvisa in that place, and you can only move the item from its place to Thousand Amas, even though there's no das of any individual that established it. Ubedinu the lift like Bekalim. And really the argument between Rabbi Yechenin and the Chachamim should have been even regarding a Kali, which is Hefke. The only reason they're arguing about a person that's asleep, to tell you how far the opinion of the Rabbanon goes, that the Rabbanon say that the Eidov does, uh, does not take effect. The Afagav, the Ikilameima. Although by a person, there's a Swara to say, since when he's awake and he has the Das, then it is Kaine, Nami Kaine, even when he's asleep, because potentially he's not just a Kaili, he's not just a Hefker, he's a human being. So even when he's asleep, it should also take effect. That's the Chiddush of the opinion of the Chachamim that the Eidov does not take effect. So the only reason they argued about a person is to show you how far the opinion of the Chachamim goes. But really Rabbi Yechen ben Nuri himself holds that even a Chayfetz, even just an item, which is Hefker, the Shvisa of the, where it is takes effect when Shabbos comes in. Or perhaps, Kesav Rabbi Yechen ben Nuri, Rabbi Yechen ben Nuri's opinion is, Ba'alme Chefzi Hefker Enkein Shvisa. If it's just an item which is Hefker, which has no Das, so then, there's no shvisa. It doesn't, doesn't take effect. And over here in our Mishnah, the reason why Rabbi Yechen Banuri holds that the shvisa of a person that's asleep takes effect, since if he's awake and he has das, and therefore that shvisa takes effect, so therefore even when he's asleep, he's a human being, and therefore his shvisa will take effect when he's asleep. That's the Shiloh. When did Rabbi Yechen Banuri say that the Shvisa takes effect? Is it only a human being that's asleep? Or even a physical item that has no das at all? bring you a from a It rained before Yomtif. So that rain has, is wherever the rain lands, so it's kind of, it's dwelling, it's Shvisa right there, and you can carry this rain 2,000 amas to each side. Be Yomtif, if it rained on Yomtif itself, Harein Keragle Kolodom. So then any person that takes that rain, so the, the, the dwelling of that rain will be established according to the person that is going to uh, take that rain. So what's, what's the Pshat over here? The rain that was there before Yomtif, so at the time of Bein when Shabbos entered, that establishes what it's, where that rainwater, what the Shvisa is. 
once the rain came on Shabbos itself, so then it didn't establish any Shvisa from before. It comes on Shabbos itself. So therefore, whoever takes it first, whichever person is going to take that water, the space of that rainwater will be according to the person that takes it. So now the Gemara says, what are we talking about here? We're talking about rainwater. If you're going to say Rabbi Yechen Benuri's opinion is that even just an ownerless item, establishes its dwelling where it is. So then I could say the same thing regarding the rain. This b'raisa that says that the rainwater establishes its dwelling when it landed before Shabbos, how does it establish its dwelling? They're like Rabbi Yechenen. You don't need any das of any person. The rain itself is where it is and it establishes its dwelling. But if you're going to say that an item which is hefke does not establish a dwelling at all, homani. So who does this b'raisa that says that the dwelling of the rain is where it is, who is it going according to? It's not Rabyechen and not Rabbanan. Yasav Abaye Vaka Abaye was teaching this Sugya. Amlay Rav Safra Labaya, Sarav Safra tells Abaya, how do you know? Vidilme Bigishamim Hasmuchem Liraskinan. Maybe it's talking about rain that actually fell not in a place that's out of anybody's home. Maybe this rain that came before Shabbos came in a place where there's people of a city there. The Anche Oisahir Daitamalayu. The people of the city, when the rain falls, they're thinking that we're going to use this rain for Shabbos. And therefore, when it says in the Braise that the rain before Shabbos, when it fell, that it has 2,000 Amis, it means the 2,000 Amis of the people of the city. That's what it means. Amalei, so the Gemara says, no, that can't be. That's not the Psharia. Why? I'll bring you another Raya. The Gemara says, I'll bring you another case where you see that even where there's no das of a person at all, that it establishes its dwelling on its own. The rainwater or the whatever it is could establish its dwelling on its own. The Tnan, we learned in the Mishnah, you have a pit of water that belongs to an individual. So then, how far could you carry that water on Shabbos or on Yontif? The person that owns it, his das. You can go as far as the person himself. If it's a pit with water from the people of the city, so then you can go as far as the people of the city with it. If you have a pit of water that's out on the road in a Rishusarabim that's there for the Oile Bavel that used to go up to be Oile Regel, and they would uh, use this uh, water from the pit. So it doesn't belong to anybody, it's Hefker. So it'll be according to the person that fills it up, he can, he can take it as, as far as he wants. That's one b'raise. So what does it say in this b'raise? That the water that's hefker does not establish its dwelling where it is. What is the dwelling of the water going to be established according to who? The person that's going to use it. The person that's going to come and fill it up. That's one b'raise. Vitanya, but in a different b'raise we learned, Boer shall shvatim, this pit that's out on the road for all the shvatim, for people that came up to be Eiledegel, it's hefker. Yeshlen alpayim amalachal ruach. How do you establish its dwelling? Not according to the person that fills it up, but it's the rain where, sorry, this water in the pit, wherever it is, you establish it according to where the water is. So what do you see over here? That the water itself could establish the, uh, the tchum according to where the water itself is. So I have now a contradiction of these two b'raises over here. One b'raise it says that the water establishes its own tchum. Another b'raise says that it goes according to the person that uses it, that fills it up. So we go back to what we said before. Shouldn't we say that this is based on the machlaikis of Rabbi Yechen and Ben Nuri and the Rabbanon? 
So we see over here again that the Machlaikis of Rabbi Yechon and Benuri and the Rabbanon is not only a Benigayat to a person, Benigayat to a human being that's sleeping, but it's also Benigayat to a daimim. It's also Benigayat to rain or Benigayat to water in a pit. When they came to Rav Yosef, Amalei, Rav Yosef said to Rav Yosef, that is, Abayah told Rav Yosef, Rav Safra, regarding the Braise that we quoted before, regarding the rain, what did Rav Safra say regarding the rain? That it doesn't have to mean that the rain establishes its own Tchom, could be the rain was in a place with there was people in a city. And it establishes according to the city. That's what Rav Safra said. And uh, Abayah told him, and I answered him, and I brought him this other brice over here with the water of the pit to disprove what he said. Rav Yosef told him, You could have disproved what Rav Safra said from the words of the brice itself that we quoted before about the rain. If you're going to say we're talking about it rain that's in a city, why was the Lashon of the Braise that the rainwater has 2,000 Amas to each side for the rain itself? It should have said that the, the rainwater, you can go like the people of that city. That's what it should have said. It says, there's nobody else around. It's just the rain itself, and the rain itself establishes its dwelling where it is. You don't need any das. Even the rainwater could establish its own dwelling. So the maskan over here is that Rabbi Yechen and Benuri's opinion that you don't need kavana for an Edov is not only benigeya to a person that's asleep, it's even benigeya to a chayfet which is hefke, even benigeya to rain, water in a pit, wherever it is, it establishes its dwelling. On Yom isn't the town of Neilid Very good, the Gemara is going to ask that. Hamshech the Gemara here. Is it the Gemara or the Rishayinim? Oh, it's the Gemara. Kol Shkadav and the beginning of the next Dhammad, we'll see him at Shem tomorrow.